14 flights by the time he was one. I think my oldest should use that as his fun fact when he grows up. You know, you have to like do introductions and a random fun fact that should be his. But seriously, we have done a lot of traveling with our boys in these early young years of their life. My kids aren't even four and two yet. And I truly cannot tell you the number of planes they have been on. It is a lot. It is a lot. And we've done a handful of road trips too. So that being said, this topic of traveling with your kids has been in high demand and there's no better way to give you all of the tips and all of the information and all of the details than via this podcast. So since the website is live, you already know that you'll be able to find all of this to be able to bookmark and read through via the blog, all the links you need that I mentioned today, that will all be at the toughlovemom.com backslash blog. And you can just search travel and you'll find it there. I also have my mommy at me and mommy plus two packing list link below because it's nice to not forget random things that you don't realize you need. So that being said, buckle your seatbelts and get prepared for takeoff. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Let's do this. Hey mama, welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight and you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies, 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Just the thought of flying or taking a long road trip with kids can make a mama sweat. I mean, my heart beats a little faster when we get to the point where I need to start packing. So, I mean, even nap schedules, those get thrown off. There's air pressure changes. The food options are different. You might have a blowout with a kid. I mean, there's just so many things that could go wrong and you're in a context in an environment you're not comfortable with. It's not your norm. So it's okay for it to feel anxiety ridden and to be nervous about it. But personally, my husband and I learned a lot of lessons the hard way when it came to traveling with kids, including, including the time that I didn't pack enough onesies flying home cross country at Christmas time with a three month old and Royce ended up swaddled, thankfully, in just a diaper at an airport lounge while Casey ran around at 9 PM looking for clothes for our three month old because (laughs) he had a big blowout and I did not have enough clean clothes. Can you say facepalm? right? We scored a nice Philadelphia taxi onesie out of that. I still laugh when I see it to this day because it's such a memory of just learning by failing as a parent, which I feel like is the story of our lives sometimes. So in the hopes that you don't flail as hard as we did with certain things when it came to traveling with our kids and to save you the hours of research and prep and sifting through blog articles and travel bloggers, all the stuff that I did before I came became a self-proclaimed, confident, traveling with kids kind of mom. I'm not a professional, but let's just say I've got some life experience and that's what I come here to share with you on this show is what's worked for me. And when I share this with other moms, they're like, oh, thank you so much for that tip or for that advice. And so I'm coming with all of it today for you because I wanna share with you all that I have learned and all that I do when we do still travel with our kids to make it a truly sweat and stress-free event most of the time, (laughs) most of the time. We can't be perfect, right? So I'm gonna take you through the process from booking your trip to packing for your trip to the airport, to the plane ride, to connections and your destination. And I'm also gonna do a quick (laughs) drive-by, so many puns today, on road trips. So 
let's start with booking. And I'm mostly going to focus around traveling via airplane today because that's what we've done most of with our kids living on the opposite side of the country from our families. But um, you can apply a lot of this stuff to road trips as well. And honestly, in my opinion, just from experience, I was more anxious about flying with my kids uh, before I ever did it than I was about road trips. That just felt more manageable. Uh, so that's why I'm really focusing in on airplane rides and traveling via the sky. So let's talk about booking. All right, the basics around booking. If your child is under the age of two, they can be booked as a lap infant, which is free. If they're over two years old, they have to have their own purchased seat and ticket. So that's just the basics when it comes to booking your flights. Uh, before our children were one, uh, we usually kept them as a lap infant. There were a few circumstances where we got a, a seat for them, but most of the time when our boys were under the age of one, we booked them as lap infants. And usually what you do is you just book your flight as normal and then call the airline and add your child on as a lap infant via the phone. Um, definitely do that before you get to the airport so it's not one more thing you have to remember to do. Just call the airline right after you book your tickets and say, hey, I need to add this child. Here's their name. Here's their birth date. They're going to be a lap infant. Uh, once our kids are closer to the age of two, honestly, just with our boys, I don't know, it's different for other kids maybe, but it's hard for us to have them on our lap the whole time, to be honest. We usually are flying cross country, but we end up booking a seat for them once they get closer to the age of two and put them in a car seat because it's just easier to manage a bigger child that's a little more strong-willed at that age. So uh, when you do travel with a car seat, when you purchase a seat for your child and use a car seat on the airplane, that seat does have to be installed next to a window, FYI. So when you're, if you can choose your seats on your flight, you do have to put your car seated child in a window seat. Uh, there is a certain brand that we bought because our Graco car seats do not fit on airplanes. They are too big. They are too wide. And so we bought a brand called Costco, not, not the big chain wholesale store, C-O-S-C-O. -O. Um, they have fit every airline that we've brought it on. It's, it's literally like six or seven pounds and it's FAA approved and it's affordable. So we use that for Cal right now. Um, it also helps <laughs> when you're thinking about time of your flight to not do one that's too early. Like if you're taking off at 7 a.m., you're gonna have to get to the airport at what, 5, 5.30? And I'm guessing your kid doesn't wake up that early. So just think about the time of day that you're flying as well. I don't recommend red eyes. I've done that once with a child. It is not fun. <laughs> do not recommend. And it's also really helpful if you can schedule flights around nap time. So just a few little things to think about there when it comes to booking your flight. Now let's talk about packing. This one's a beast. It's a lot to think about. Again, go grab my freebie packing list because it will ease your mind a lot, making sure you're not forgetting certain things. But in this section of the episode, I'm not going to tell you what to pack, but I am going to give a few pointers that will help with packing in general. I have found that rolling clothes when you're packing them is really helpful. It just helps fit things better. If you're putting together outfits for your kids, you can roll them up together. So I love to do that. Uh, when it comes to bags, let's talk about the different bags. Diaper bags do not count towards your carry-on, FYI. So like if you're doing a bunch of carry-ons for the way you're traveling, your diaper bag does not count. That's like a freebie. It's a gimme. But you still don't have forearms. I know we wish you all did for every circumstance as a mom. So what we like to do is check a bag or two, and we put most of our stuff in those. And then we have a carry-on roller suitcase where we pack a bunch of stuff. I'll go over that in a minute. But we usually check a bag or two. We have a carry-on suitcase that we put overhead in the overhead compartment. And our toddlers now have backpacks, so we don't use a diaper bag anymore. We just usually put their stuff in the backpacks. But when they were younger, we used a diaper bag. The biggest thing that you need to know when it comes to packing is to pack extra clothes in a, one of the carry-ons. Make sure it is on the airplane with you and accessible when you're connecting, accessible during your flight, because you never know how many clothes you're going to need for that child. I mean, this is where I'm giving you full permission to overpack in a certain area. When you are carrying bags on, you want to make sure you have more extra clothes than you think you will need. Okay. Uh, again, story you heard earlier about running through the Philadelphia airport at 9 p.m. during Christmas because our baby was literally in just a diaper. Uh, you don't want to be there. So make sure you're packing more clothes than you think you'll need for your travel day. Uh, we like to pack as well in our carry-on for the next day in case they lose our checked bags. So we've usually got like a sleep sack for Cal, uh, some pajamas for the boys, an extra outfit for the next day, some extra diapers, 
I also throw in extra clothes for me in case a kid gets sick or has a blowout on me, especially when they were younger. That was really important. We also throw extra snacks, extra diapers, extra wipes, and anything else like extra chargers, stuff that we might need throughout the day of traveling as well goes in that carry-on suitcase. I also love having a car seat backpack carrier. So when we use a car seat on the airplane, you obviously have to bring it through security, through the airport to the airplane. So we just get one of those generic ones online that has backpack straps. And again, that car seat I mentioned is literally six or seven pounds. And so when you throw it in that bag, put it on your backpack, it feels like nothing to carry. I mean, I've carried that plus a kid on my hip through the airport before. Totally fine. Doesn't feel difficult at all. So definitely get a backpack car seat carrier especially if you anticipate needing to carry your car seat through the airport if you got your kid a seat or if you're going to try to get a seat for your child. I'll talk about that in a minute. In the diaper bag, let's talk about that real quick. My favorite mom hack, if you would call it that, I just think it's a mom tip, a way of being that is super helpful, is keeping a big zipper pack used for diaper changes in the diaper bag. So when I like when I'm out in public, if I need to change a diaper or a pull up, I just whip that thing out. And it's got wipes, it's got diapers, it's got diaper rash cream, and it's got those little poop bags that I can tie everything up nice and when it smells bad. So those are just it's like a fabric bag that has one zipper, it's one big pocket. And that's where I put everything for diaper changes. And when we're traveling, I also throw in a change pack in there that just folds up and I just throw it in. So That is huge, huge, huge for the diaper bag. And I also, in the carry-on, like to throw in a couple blowout bags. Now, these are my special secret, but a blowout bag. And on the blog article for this, you will see a picture of what's included in that. But basically, it's a Ziploc baggie that you can use for disposal. So I put it in a Ziploc baggie. I get a chucks pad, which is that, you know, when we gave birth and you had to lay on the bed on top of that, like that, and that fabric, uh, like disposable pad that was like you know, gauze kind of you, you lay on that's a chucks pad. So you pack up one of those that you can use if there's a blowout as your changing pad. So if it gets dirty, you can just throw it out. I put in another Ziploc baggie with like five or six wipes, a diaper. And if you want to be extra, you can put some clothes in there as well to change your child into. And I like to use a Ziploc baggie to put all the dirty stuff in and just throw that out all together. And, um, it just works great. If you know your kid had a blowout, instead of taking the diaper change pack, you take that blowout bag and you deal with the mess and you walk away new and fresh. So blowout bags are gold. Again, you can see a picture of that um, in the blog for this episode. For toddlers, man, in that carry-on especially, but in their backpack as well, I always have snacks. I always have a water bottle. Obviously, when you get to the airport, it's empty because of security and going through that without any issue. Um, And I also like to use a tablet for travel, we just download games on it before, so it doesn't need to be connected to Wi-Fi. And then when it comes to just keeping them happy and distracted and like having a fun travel experience, I also like to go to the dollar section uh, at Target a few days before traveling, you know, like the week of or something, and grab a few new things and not show them them until we're on the airplane and they get something new and exciting in their backpack. So that's how we pack. A few other random things that we like to pack that you might not have thought of that might help you. This is not like a, this is not a be all end all list. This is not a, you need to pack these things, but they're good things to think about in case you might need them. So first is a nose Frida and saline or one of those snot suckers um, and some saline because when you travel on airplanes, there's a lot of dryness. You might be going to a different climate and that can lead to congestion. It can lead to bloody noses. So it's just nice to have that nose free or snot sucker and saline on hand in case that comes up. Along those lines of the dryness from traveling is a humidifier. We have like the small portable travel humidifier that has a USB cord and I'll have to find a link for it, but those are huge. They're so helpful. We bring them whenever we're traveling somewhere fairly dry or if it's like the sick flu season, just to help our babies breathe better. better. Um, Also a small portable sound machine. If that's something your baby uses at home, they sell ones that you can just like, there's so many travel ones out there. So just find a travel one that's not going to take up a ton of space. You can throw it in your carry-on, but a small portable sound machine has been huge for us as well. And then there's also these bags called wash it later bags. So this is an, an amazing product in case you have blowouts or anticipate a lot of them. I always keep one in our diaper bag, but it's basically this bag that 
you open it up, add some water, there's a little detergent pot in there and you throw in the poopy clothes so they don't get stained and you just let them sit and soak and it basically holds the dirty clothes and they've been tested to wear they, the, the creators of these, their parents obviously, had them hanging in their living room for literally days to make sure that the product doesn't leak. So it's basically this thing where you put some water in, it's got the detergent pod, you put the clothes in and you let them sit and soak so they don't get disgusting um, and stained and all of that. You don't have to throw them out. And when you get to your destination, you can throw them in the wash and they do not leak. They have been tried and tested. So those wash it later bags are gold. If you do have a blowout, again, not something you have to get and have to pack, but they're really nice to have on hand and honestly, just a day-to-day life too. Um, when our kids were younger, we did use a DACA top for sleep. So that would fit into a checked bag. And we just used a DACA top in general when they were really young. And we did travel with them when they were really young. So it was nice to have that on hand at our destination. And a DACA top fits in a checked bag. So that was gold. We just throw it on top, close the bag up and get ready to go. And then last but not least, something you might want to pack And if you're a bottle feeding mama, you probably already pack this. So you're way ahead of the game, but I didn't even learn about these till Royce was like one, but they make a lot of different bottle brands, make sterilization bags that you microwave. So you put the products in them, you put some water in, and then you microwave them and it steams and sterilizes whatever's in the bag. Those were huge when we traveled to put pacifiers in and chewing toys and all of that stuff. So those are some random things you might want to pack again, a snot sucker and saline, travel humidifier, a small portable sound machine, wash it later bags, um, your doctor talk can fit or whatever sleep little lounger thing usually can fit in a checked bag and then sterilization bags that you can microwave are gold. Now, personally, I don't have experience with bottle or formula feeding, but I did reach out to our tough little mom community for tips on traveling if you're in that circumstance. So one mom said that on a week-long trip, they took a road trip nine hours away. So for this week-long trip, they took two big canisters of formula um, and five bottles because they always rinse them out thoroughly and that saves room packing if you're only bringing five. So she was saying she brought five and two big cans of formula um, and then a small can for the trip that she kept on hand and accessible. And then also in the diaper bag, she kept a formula divider cup for the formula and the rice cereal and for baby food um, for those that when her baby was transitioning, you know, between just getting milk to eating more solids. Um, And she also packed a bottle brush. So those were some things for that mama that she said was really helpful. And then another mentioned that pre-made formula is sold in small two ounce bottles. And so what she did for her flight was pack four of those. I don't know how long her flight was, so you'll have to kind of think ahead. I know you're a great planner, <laughs> especially, man, those of you who pump and bottle and breast, like, and formula feed are, you are, you have so much forethought. Like your brain power is amazing. And it's probably 10 X because you have to do so much forethought when it comes to planning for stuff like this. So I just wanted to commend you there for a second, but this mama said she packed four of those two ounce bottles for that flight and put formula powder in her checked luggage. So she didn't have to worry about security checking it or anything. She thinks it saved them a few minutes of time for sure. So again, those pre-made bottles of formula might be really helpful as well. Um, Okay. At the airport, we're going to switch now from everything at home, preparing, packing, booking your flights all the way to now we're at the airport. Give yourself time. We give ourselves an hour and a half to two hours, depending on the size of the airport for like parking to getting through security and checked in to getting to the airplane. So give yourself time. If you're there super, super, super early, great. Your little ones get to watch airplanes and they're going to have a blast. So just think and plan ahead of how early you need to be at the airport. And just to save yourself, just use the stroller at the airport. Okay. Um, you get the undercarriage to carrying for carrying things. And personally with our two boys, we use a double stroller it's tandem, like the double long, not double wide because doorways, like think about doorways, you ain't going to fit through them, but it is so helpful to have a stroller at all times going through the airport. And I'll talk about what that can look like through security and everything, you know, getting on the plane, but save yourself and use a stroller at the airport. Okay. (laughs) Please use a stroller. You will save your back. You will save your brain. You will save your energy. I mean, it is so helpful to have an, uh, a stroller at all times. Now, if you have a toddler, especially 
Make this part fun. Make being at the airport a fun experience. Talk about what you see. Talk about what they're seeing. This is likely a new or rare experience for them, so make it fun. I like to give our toddlers, both of mine are toddlers now, so I like to give them jobs and responsibilities. Like, hey, can you carry this? Hey, I mean, Royce loves pulling a suitcase now, (laughs) really make a mark, but he loves doing stuff like that because it gives him ownership of this experience. And man, he just, he loves it. He loves traveling. And it's because I'm not doing anything special other than just being present with him and making it fun and giving him jobs. So again, don't be all stressed out. Don't, don't, it's, and it's easy to be like, if you feel that way, don't feel guilty. I still have my moments of stress when I'm traveling with them, but that stress will rub off on your kids, especially if they're toddlers and it'll make them stressed and it'll make it a not fun experience for anyone. And we all have those moments when it's not super easy, but just be aware of where your mind's at and how you're feeling and how you're thinking. So it doesn't become this overwhelming, completely stressful experience. It really can be enjoyable most of the time, most of the time. I'll be realistic here. Now let's talk about checking in. So you got to the airport, you gave yourself time, you're pushing the kids in the stroller, you've got like 5,000 bags with you. You're like, get some of these off my hands and onto the airplane, please. (laughs) So you're at check-in, you're at the check-in desk. If you have a child close to the age of two, just like a hot tip here, no matter what airline you're on or what they say, bring the birth certificate. We have had one time recently, we were flying and Cal looks a lot older than he is uh, because he's just a big, big kid. And they totally, totally thought he might be too. Yeah. I mean, we had bought him a seat, so I don't know. It was, it was funny, but they wanted his birth certificate or proof of birthday. So just make sure that, and we had forgotten it. So just make sure that you pack your birth certificate for your child, especially, especially, especially if they are booked as a lap infant, because they need to be under 24 months. And sometimes if they're close to the age of two, they want proof. Now I promised I would talk about strollers. So we gate check our stroller And if we are bringing a lap infant, so if our child is sitting in our seat and we did not get them their own ticket, we bring, we, we often bring the car seat to the boarding gate. Um, because sometimes on some airlines, if there's no one on standby or all the standby seats have been booked and there are extra seats on the airplane, if there are open seats, they likely, hopefully will let you bring a car seat on. Uh, personally, we've never lucked out with this. We've tried and it's never worked out, but it is a little airport hack that you might not know about. And you can, you can ask for it because fun fact, um, kids are safer, just like in the car, obviously they're safest in a car seat, including on an airplane. So ideally, if there are open seats on an airplane, you have every right to ask for one of those seats. So you can install your car seat and have your child in the safest environment for that flight. Um, but if we bring a lap infant, we'll try to get a seat. Um, if we, obviously if we book a ticket for our child, we bring the car seat through. So we usually bring this, we always bring the stroller. We usually are bringing the car seat through and we can check any extra car seats, pack and plays, whatever else, suitcases at the check-in desk. But again, when it comes to the stroller, you want to bring it through, but anything for kids, car seats, strollers, those are free. When it comes to checking them, whether you're gate checking them or doing it at the check-in desk, strollers and car seats get checked for free. They do not count towards your checked bags. But seriously, save yourself and use a stroll in the airport. Gate check it when you get to the gate. Uh, You will also get it back when you deplane the flight, when you get off of your flight at your destination. So just keep the stroller with you, promise. Like you will, you will not regret that. Um, other baby things that you might want to check, like a pack and play, those are not free. You do have to pay for that as a checked item if your flight requires paying for checked items. So what we like to do in those situations where we're going somewhere and we're going to need baby items like a high chair or a booster seat or a pack and play or a baby gate, we use a company called Baby Quip. Uh, it's literally just a baby equipment rental company with services in all major cities. Personally, it was an amazing experience. And we rented a pack and play, a high chair, one of those baby gates, a couple of baby gates, actually, and a couple of baby toys. And it was a phenomenal experience. I'm not just saying that. We could text with the provider. I got email reminders about the trip. You can add to the order once it's placed. If you need to take stuff off or add to it, it was very affordable, very affordable and very simple, very professional. I loved the experience using them. So baby quip, if you need 
equipment at your destination, like a pack and play or literally anything, a crib, anything, strollers, car seats, they rent everything baby related. And it was super, super helpful. So if you don't want to pack that stuff, you can rent it at most destinations. Just check their website. And if you do book anything, you can get 10% off your order total um, if you're renting through them for the first time using Mrs. Liz Henderson. So do use that if you don't want to bring a pack and play or you don't want to bring certain things. You can rent your equipment when you get where you're going, which is so nice. So at check-in, we get our tickets. We take care of whatever we need to take care of. Usually check one of the car seats, Royce's car seat, because he doesn't need one on the airplane now. Um, he's pretty independent, so it just works out with him in the seat. If we had Cal as a lap infant, we would also check his car seat, unless we were going to try to get a seat on the airplane for him, and then we check our bags. So we do that and get going. Security is up next. This is the first of many times you are going to hear me tell you to take your sweet time. Don't stress, Okay. This is not a stressful situation. Security is not that big of a deal. You will get through it. You will make it through. It's not a battle. Doesn't need confrontation. (laughs) I mean, you might, you might come to an issue about something, but you don't need to be stressed about it before anything happens. Okay. So very typical, normal. If you've been through security before without kids, same stuff, shoes, you'll have to take them off, take off metal things, get electronic things out. Like Royce's tablet has to be taken out of his backpack and put in a thing by itself. Liquid stuff applies. Uh, We've applesauce works fine getting through like kids snacks stuff is okay, but we do empty their water bottles. So just some notes there. Um, Or you can just get pre-check and avoid a lot of those things. That also helps a lot. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact about baby wipes. If you have a pack of wipes in any of your bags, which you will, they, for some reason on the scanners, we've been told look like they have bomb residue on them. So often those get flagged almost every time we go through security, which is why we give ourselves an hour and a half to two hours when we're getting to the airport, because I can't remember a time we haven't had a bag pulled off of the conveyor belt and checked, opened and checked. And it's usually because of baby wipes. So just a little note there. um, So you're not shocked. Also breast milk can like liquid breast milk, not frozen can go through. That, that is allowed through TSA. If anyone tells you differently, they're wrong. Um, so go look up the documentation and the paperwork for that because it is 100% allowed by TSA to go through security. Just make sure that your ice packs keeping it cold are frozen. That's a big little caveat there because they might take the ice packs away if they're not frozen completely. Um, same with water used to mix bottles and formula. One mom said that they might check your formula canister like in that dispenser. And if you have bottles filled, they might check those as well, but they are allowed to go through security. So if you have water bottles specifically for mixing with formula, those are allowed through security. No other type of water bottle is. So just make sure that you have those like, you know, sectioned off with your stuff when they're going through in the bags um, or communicate that to the TSA agent. Like, you know, just communicate openly. It doesn't need to be confrontational. They are allowed to go through. When it comes to your stroller at the security gate, we take, so our seats on our stroller detach. And so we take those off and put them through the scanner, through them on the conveyor belt, through the scanner. Um, so basically just your stroller, break it down as much as possible, take off all the pieces that detach. And then they take the stroller frame or the whole stroller, if it doesn't come apart at all, and they push it through the security thing, the TSA agent does, and they'll swab the frame to make sure it's safe and doesn't have anything sketchy on it. And what you'll do is you'll carry your child, Royce walks through now at his age, um, and you go through the old school scanner. So not that x-ray one where you stand with like your arms above your head, but you go through the old school one. No issues there. We walk through and then we grab all our things and we just keep moving. So, you know, it takes us a few minutes to get resettled with all of our stuff and all the kids and making sure everything's on and in the right place and we didn't forget it all. But it truly is not that difficult of an experience. Biggest things is uh, breast milk and water for your formula are allowed. They might check your formula. They might check your baby wipes. The typical rules apply for going through security. And when it comes to your stroller, uh, just take it apart as much as you can. Communicate with them openly. Carry your child through the x-ray machine and y'all are good to go. So that's what we do through security. Again, I'm not an expert at this. It's just 
what we do. And <laughs> the first few times I did this, I was sweating bullets. I was nervous. I was trying to go as fast as I could because I didn't want to slow the people down behind me. But I'm at the point now, and I realized this pretty quickly, where uh, you don't have to stress over these things. Like people will get through when they're getting through. If someone is in a rush, just let them ahead of you. Not a big deal. Like you're not, it's not your fault they're running late. You know, you take care of your business. Take care of what you need to do. Don't overly stress yourself just because you're worried about how it's going to impact someone else. Just take care of it. Get through. Because we're more, if we're flustered, more stressed, probably going to forget something at security. We're probably going to, you know, get frustrated and yell at our, I mean, don't go there. Just don't let it happen. You're good. You got this. Now, at the airport, after you get through security, something that helps our boys a lot is letting them get their wiggles out, especially before you board. So, you know, getting them out of the stroller, letting them run, letting them walk around, letting them look at stuff, letting them look at the airplanes and climb on the chairs. We just usually take them to one of those unused gates where there's no airplane parked, there's no one waiting for their flight, and we just kind of let them run wild around those seats where there's no one else and get some of those wiggles, some of that energy out. Something to look out for that is so amazing that so many airports have nowadays are mother's rooms or mamava pods. I think I'm saying that right. M-A-M-A-V-A pods, mamava. (laughs) It's meant for, those are meant for moms who are breastfeeding or need a, a clean, quiet space to feed their baby or to pump. And they're lockable. They have an app that you can download. And through the app, you can unlock the pod, head in there. They're amazing. I've used them a handful of times. And um, recently, I've started to notice airports having more mother's rooms that are similar, where basically it's a sink, a rocking chair situation of sorts, a changing table, a a garbage can for anything you need to discard. Um, and they're so helpful to have those. I love taking advantage of them. So there's a quiet space for me and my baby. So if you anticipate needing either the Mamava pod or a mother's room, just look up where it might be. Download the Mamava app before. They also have those in a lot of public places like malls and train stations and wherever else. So especially in large cities. So definitely be on the lookout for those. They're so useful. I love using them. And they're usually pretty clean and comfortable. They're, I haven't been to an unclean one, so love them. Love the mother's rooms. Love the mama va pods. They're amazing. Uh, we also got a travel stroller that folds down, like super small. It's called Zoe Strollers, Z-O-E. But they fold down so they can fit into the overhead compartment of an airport or of an airplane, an airport, <laughs> an overhead compartment of an airplane and You don't have to break it down before you get on the airplane because these strollers fit down the aisles of airplanes, which is so cool. So those are really helpful too. If you're like, I don't want to bring my big, I'm only, you know, if you're just traveling with one kid and you don't want to bring your big honking, you know, whatever stroller that's huge, but you want the convenience of pushing your child all the way to your row in your airplane, those are great strollers. Now let's talk about boarding the airplane. If you're not flying first class or you're not one of those priority members for the airline that you're flying, you will board after that group gets on. So there's first class, priority, you know, special members of the airline, whatever. Family boarding is after that on every single airline we've flown. So we usually get to the gate. We try to give ourselves 20 minutes at least. You know, we wrap things up, wrap around the play, getting food, bathroom, diaper changes. And we give ourselves about 20 minutes to be early to be at the gate. And when you're gate checking things, so if there aren't extra seats and you have a lap infant, you were going to try to get a car seat seat, totally fine. You can gate check your car seat and you'll get it upon deboarding the plane. Same with your stroller. You'll want to get gate check tags. So we usually do that when we get to the gate. Some airlines will give you the tags when you're scanning your ticket to board, but we like to get them right when we get to the gate. Um, You'll need one for each piece of your stroller. So if your stroller breaks down into like two or three pieces to put them on the plane, you'll need two or three gate check tags. Same for um, if you just put it all in one bag, which we don't put our stroller in a bag anymore. We used to, but we don't now. And it's still fine and holding up great. (laughs) Um, You just need one. So again, get your gate check tags when you get to the gate for boarding your plane. And with all of this, take your time, especially when it comes to getting on the airplane. At the end of the jetway, so you scan your tickets, you walk down that long hallway, that's the jetway. When you get to the end of that, that's where you're going to leave your gate check items. So we push the stroller 
all the way down that bad boy to the end. And that's when we get our kids out of the stroller, just because it makes life a lot easier. So we get to the end there, fold it up, let people go past us. We're like, yeah, just go ahead. If people offer help, especially if I'm traveling alone, I accept the help very graciously and very gratefully. But you get down there, get your stuff ready to gate check. And our double stroller actually has these extenders that you attach on before you put the seats on to convert it to a double stroller, not just a single. And just want to give you a little hint here, pack those extenders in your carry-on, like take them off the stroller and put them in your carry-on suitcase. Do not leave them on the stroller. Take your stroller apart if it's extended or been converted to like a double and it's usually a single. We learned that the hard way when one of our extenders completely snapped, just completely broke. So basically any loose parts that are on your stroller or that you think might get lost, take those off, bring them on. They could fall out of the bag. They could get broken. So just a little hint there about um, strollers that do convert to a double because there's often extra parts and those can break very easily when they're loading them or unloading them or putting more bags on top of them. So just a little hint there. We also like to have our kids by the window, whether or not they're in a car seat. So again, car seats do have to be by the window. Uh, children just sitting in their own seat don't necessarily, but we like to keep them by the window because it just makes traveling a bit easier with keeping them contained and safe. And, you know, they get to look out the window and see what's going on. It's super fun too. So when your children are younger and you're boarding the plane and they can't yet walk or stand, what I would do was use a baby carrier or a sling. So when we get to the end of the jetway, take the baby out of the stroller, put them in the carrier. Sometimes I would do this too before we boarded and I would just push the stroller empty down the jetway. But if you're going to use a carrier, put your baby in there. So that way, when you're getting on the airplane, your stroller's been gate checked, you're getting to your row, you have two free hands. That's gold. So use a baby carrier, use a sling of sorts. Um, and I also, once we're settled in our row, getting into our seats, I like to pull that zipper pack that has the diapers and the wipes and the rash cream and the poop bags and all that fun stuff, that big zip baggie, not the blowout bags, but just the diaper change pack. I like to pull that out of the diaper bag and keep it accessible. So when there is a diaper change that's needed, I just grab the kid, I grab that off the floor and we're good to go. And then we also keep snacks very accessible. So you're boarded, you're sitting on the airplane. Let's talk about this plane ride. You'll often hear to feed your baby on the way up and on the way down to mitigate that air pressure change that goes on and can bother your ears. But as long as they're suckling on something, it's that swallow motion that helps clear the ears. So pacifier, bottle, giving your toddler a water bottle, putting them at the breast, whatever it is that creates that swallowing motion will help them during takeoff and landing with what's going on in their ears, you know, popping their ears. When it comes to diaper changes on the plane ride, bathrooms on airplanes, most bathrooms have a table, like this little platform table that folds down, usually over the toilet. When you get on the airplane, just ask the flight attendant, say, hey, which bathrooms have the changing tables? That way you're prepared. And when it comes time to change it, you are inevitably going to change a diaper on the airplane. So when that time comes, <laughs> make sure that you just know where it is. Just ask when you board, say, hey, does the one back here, whatever one's closest to you, does that one have a changing table for my baby? If it doesn't, she'll point you to the right one. If it does, you're gold. So there's some, just a little, another little tip there. You, they do have, I didn't even notice them until I had kids, but next time you're on an airplane, you will see that there's a changing table for babies, which is so awesome. Um, some encouragement because we've had great flights and we've had some nightmare flights and just because we're equipped in this and we've done it a lot, doesn't mean that every flight goes super well. Recently, just about a year ago, we had an amazing cross country trip it went seamlessly. Both boys were amazing. We had a connection. I mean, it was a great flight. And then just a few months ago, we had a not so great one. So it, it, it's a crapshoot and you never know what you're going to get out of your kids because they're human. So just some encouragement. We've had some great flights. We've had some very not great flights. And I did do a red eye with Cal last summer. And, um, definitely if you're going to do a red eye, if you have to do a red eye, Book a seat for your baby, no matter how young they are, because you won't sleep if they're not like safe and strapped away. I've tried to sleep with like holding my baby, but you just really, you really don't sleep. So get a seat for your baby, put them in their car seat so they're safe. 
and then you can both sleep for an hour or two. I was, it was still a doozy of a flight, but it did make doing a red eye with him solo a little more tolerable. Now, you survived the airplane ride, you landed, and it's time to get off the plane. I don't know if it's called deplaning or deboarding. Someone's going to have to let me know that. But nonetheless, it is time to end this ride. So we personally, this is just a personal preference. We wait until everyone else gets off. We usually are near the back of the plane anyways, because that's where it's easiest to sit as a family, but, and usually where you can get seats together, but we like to wait till everyone else gets off because then you're not stressed. You don't feel like you're you know, holding anyone back. You can take your time. You can put your kids where you need to put them and put your bags where you need to put them. So we just wait till everyone gets off again, take your time. And what's awesome about this is flight attendants, people around you, if there are people still around you are so willing to help. So just accept it. This is one of traveling has been one of the best lessons for me in learning how to accept help. So when people offer that, when you're traveling, you know, totally accept it. And you know, if your spidey senses go off and you're like, not feeling great about someone. Okay. Deny it. That's fine. But most of the time people are very willing to help. They're there and seeing your struggle, seeing you do this on your own, probably all inspired by what you're doing. And so just accept the help. They're they're there to help you. If you're connecting, we've done so many connections because flying cross country from Vegas to the East coast always has a connection for us. What we do is We open up our carry-on suitcase and we restock the diaper change pack with diapers. Um, We restock any snacks that need to be refilled because usually our boys are loving on the snacks. We refill water bottles. We change diapers and pull-ups before we get to the gate. So we'll usually get off the plane, go eat, hang out, whatever. And then usually 20, 25 minutes before it's time for us to board is when we put fresh pull-ups and diapers on our kids and we give ourselves at least 20 minutes before boarding time to get to our next gate. So that way we're there and ready for family boarding for our next flight. Now, another plane ride and you get to your destination. If you didn't have to connect, you are so lucky. (laughs) Connections are not that fun with kids, but they're survivable. So if you do have to do it, just know that we've done it too. When you get to your destination, something that I like to remember, especially when I'm packing, because I am a chronic overpacker. And once you've got to pack for two other human beings, oh my goodness, I could be packing like five suitcases and I really shouldn't. So something I like to remember is that in almost every single place we will go, especially if you're staying stateside, is that you can buy things that you forget. Like, or you can buy things if you don't want to pack enough for your entire trip, you can probably get them there. I usually only pack enough diapers for our travel day and maybe a few extra, especially if we're going to see family. And I do the same thing with wipes. I know that when we get there, they can either have them ready for us or we can go go to the store and grab some when we get there. Diapers, wipes, snacks, all the things. You don't have to pack enough for the entire trip unless you're going somewhere where you're like, I don't know for sure if they're going to have that. Um, And if you do need to pack all the diapers you need, like we've done that for road trips before, That means that on the way home, you're going to have extra room in your suitcase because you won't have 60 diapers. You're going to have maybe five. So you will have extra room if you do pack everything that you'll need on the baby front. I also bring the seatbelt lock. I'll post a picture of it in the blog article for this episode. But basically, if you anticipate Ubering at all with your car seat, obviously you got to have your kid in a car seat. Most rental cars nowadays have the car seat anchors. But some Ubers and other types of taxi services do not. And seatbelts won't always lock well. So two things I always, 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 always bring when I anticipate that being the case and us having to put our kids in an Uber or a taxi is our car seat manual. So I know exactly how to install it correctly and safely. And I also bring this car seat lock. And basically what that does, it's a small metal device. It kind of, I don't know how to describe it. You'll see a picture. It, what it does is it locks the seatbelt in its place so it doesn't loosen and tighten and loosen and tighten and ultimately not have your car seat, you know, tied down. So I keep that in, I keep those two things in our diaper bag every time we travel. And a few other notes about your destination. Super, super helpful if you can book a place that has a kitchen or a kitchenette. So things like bottles, things like breast milk, things like, I don't even know what else, food, snacks are available and you're not having to eat out and, you know, try to scout scavenge for snacks for your toddler at all hours of the day. 
And something else we've done a couple times that is so nice is we'll order groceries or DoorDash to be delivered at wherever we're staying, especially if it's an Airbnb, to be delivered there once we, you know, right around the time we'll arrive. Super helpful to just have that and be able to feed our family and not have to stress about going out and getting groceries or going out to dinner and trying to keep the kids happy when they're hangry. So a few a few thoughts there when it comes to your destination. Now, I did promise you a quick drive-by on road trips. A few things that have helped us, we've flown more than road trips that we've taken, so not as experienced, but a lot of the things I shared will apply, especially when it comes to packing and all of that in your destination. But something we do on road trips that really helps is we'll stop every few hours And every single time we stop, everyone goes to the bathroom, everyone gets a diaper change or a pull-up change. Again, we bring a lot of extra clothes, extra diapers, extra snacks, extra wipes, because you never know what's going to happen in the car. And honestly, it's a free-for-all. Like travel days in general, the typical rules don't always apply. You want to have snacks all day? Okay, we'll do snacks all day. You want to, you know, watch shows a lot of the day? Great, let's do that. Um, and we do plan to take when we're tra- when we're driving. We plan for the trip to take at least one to two extra hours than the map says because you know stops take longer. <laughs> You're gonna have to stop more often. So just take your time. Give yourself time. Don't be stressed about how long each pit stop is taking. That's just that's just how it goes with kids. It's a constant constant lesson in letting go of perfection for real. A few extra notes about traveling that I just want to encourage you in and that I didn't really, didn't fit into any of those categories. So the first one, I personally, this was like Royce's first year during one of his 14 flights. I set a goal for myself of not sweating, (laughs) literally, literally and figuratively, actually of not sweating during the travel day. I know it sounds so silly, right? But mainly because it stressed me out thinking about inconveniencing other people, truly. So my goal was don't get stressed about inconveniencing other people. From the time I showed up at the check-in desk to security to boarding, my goal was take your time and don't stress. Don't put undue stress on yourself. And I want you to really grasp that as well. Make that your goal. I'm not going to sweat. I'm not going to sweat it. I'm not going to put undue undue stress on myself. Personally, if you think it's going to be a stressful trip, it will be stressful. If you only notice how difficult your kids are being, they're only going to be more difficult. But, and I've learned this personally, if I'm joyful and if I'm nice to people, they're most likely will be nice and happy and patient back, truly. I mean, I'm maybe I'm oblivious to, or I just write off annoyed people, but I genuinely have never encountered one on the insane number of flights that we've taken with our boys. What you look for, you will find. What you look for, you will see. What you worry about and let consume you in your mind, you will find. So just don't put that undue stress on yourself. Don't worry about things that haven't even happened yet. Just be in the moment, be present, take deep breaths as you're traveling it will all be fine. It will all work out. I also found that the way that I carry myself and the way that I dealt with difficult moments, because our kids are not perfect when we travel, the way I dealt with those is what others would reflect back. So if my kid was having a meltdown and I dealt with it calm and chill, people around me would be chill and respectful and honestly helpful. (laughs) A lot of the times they would like offer help in some capacity or give me a smile, which are so encouraging. Like make eye contact with people around you. Don't be ashamed. Don't like look down because you got your kids with you and you're worried how it's going to affect other people. No, no, you are a mama traveling with your kids, giving them life experiences. It's huge. It's a blessing. We, (laughs) since we live in Vegas, uh, when we're flying home, we are often one of the only families on the flight and it can get really interesting, like, you know, character wise, like people that are on there. But I've, I've honestly never experienced a negative Nancy or whatever, whatever that phrase is, you know, I'm not good at those phrases, but it really is how you carry yourself. What your outlook is on the situation is what you will find. It's what you will experience is what you will see. So forget what other people are thinking. Most likely they, what, the, what they're thinking is that your baby is absolutely adorable even if they're even if they're fussing and crying, like babies are just cute. So they're probably thinking that first off. And second off, 
<laughs> they're probably in awe at you and what you're doing because a lot of moms just just are nervous about doing this. Even if it's traveling like, as a family with your husband, it can feel like a lot. So with all the flying that I've done with the boys, and this again, I'm not lying. I'm being fully transparent. I've not had one nasty comment or look from someone, and maybe I've been oblivious to it, like I said, and we've had some ugly meltdowns. But in my opinion, if you're chill about it, if you handle it, you know, not in this freaking out stressed way, other people will respond the same way. And it really can be, even if it's not a great experience, you know, because kids will be kids, it can be an okay experience that's not a nightmare. Like it can be a not nightmare. I promise. I promise. And then when it comes to your schedules, nap schedules, sleep schedules, time zone changes, your kids will adapt. It's okay if they're completely off for a day. I mean, I don't think on our travel days, our kids' schedules are ever normal. And yeah, they might be more tired that day and whatever, but it's just one day. It will be fine. I promise. So I want you to, now that we've gone through all of that, I know it's so much to swallow and digest. So save this episode for the next time you travel. But what I want you to do is to head to the link in the show notes below. Um, I'm also going to put it on the blog when that goes up on Friday, but you can get my complete packing list for you plus baby mommy and me packing list, or your mommy plus two packing list. If you're bringing two kids with you, it covers what you and your little one or your little ones will need for like a long weekend trip. So adjust, you know, the amounts and everything that, so it fits your trip. And so it fits your family. I'm not a pro traveler or a travel blogger, but I am here to share what has worked for me. And since summer is basically here, uh, I hope this episode has just served you so much. There's a post up in our Facebook community, the Tough Love Mom Squad. You can just search that on Facebook or you can click below to join. And um, on that post that I put up today that corresponds with this episode, if you're listening later, just search travel episode, travel with kids. Any tips that I didn't share, I mean, I didn't even talk about pumping. So honestly, any tips that I didn't share, things that have worked for you, go share it on that post so it can just be a resource for our amazing community of Tough Love Moms. And just remember... If you walk away with nothing else today, don't sweat it. Traveling with kids is not this difficult. I mean, it is difficult and it is hard, but it doesn't have to be all difficult and all hard. There are beautiful moments in it. You are giving your kid an amazing life experience of getting to travel as a young child. I mean, I got that growing up and I do not take it for granted. It was amazing. And if you're doing that for your kids, even if it's hard and a little stressful to think about, you're more equipped now. You are more prepared. And I just want to encourage you that the people around you that are watching you do what you do at the airport, on the airplane, in the parking garage, they're in awe. And you never know what they've walked through in their life or what they did or didn't get to experience as kids. But just know that what you're doing in your moment, as your family, for your kids, getting to travel, whatever it's for, it's awesome. And they will not take it for granted when they grow up too. So they're not going to remember the meltdowns. They're not going to remember that you forgot the applesauce pouches or that the tablet wasn't charged. They will remember the experience. And I want you to remember it too. Remember it in a good light. It can be good. It will be hard in some moments, but it won't be all hard all the time. So enjoy your travels this summer, mama, safe travels to you and your whole family. And again, if I miss any tips or advice or things that have worked really well for you, or you want to expand on something I shared, go to the Tough Love Mom Squad, share it on that thread for traveling with kids. And I cannot wait to chat with you next time. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.